Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Mick Amaral. And welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 23. Today, we're going to be talking about why we shouldn't be getting discouraged when our teachers and staff members just don't get it. Before we get into our topic, Nick, how are you today? Doing good, Jeff. Uh, nice, exciting week, uh, you know, breaking out into a lot of different uh, meetings and trying to get into departments now as well. So I love that it's this time of the year. The weather's getting cooler. We just happened to come from our North Jersey tech coach meeting. What did you think of the meeting? What were some of the topics that you took away and thought, hmm, that was pretty interesting. I never thought of something that way. Uh, you know, I like just how the group meets. It's just the roundtable discussion. I like how, you know, some of the things that we talked about were trying to help the teachers manage the classroom. That came up a little bit using tools such as uh, Clever and, and Gaggle. Um, and how do we manage that in our districts? And just to hear some of the different things that each district is doing um, and the struggles that they have, just so we can kind of bounce each uh, ideas off of each other. And, and that is the cool part about being in meetings like that. We call ourselves the NJ10, and basically it's just this round table of tech coaches that get together once a month or so, and it's a nice place to talk about what we're doing. And last week, Nick, we had our round table show for the month of October. Uh, we talked about a lot of things, and we actually had a lot of comments about some of the topics. What are some of the things that you found interesting that people were asking about? So, you know, I like that people were asking um, how each of the departments went ahead to manage like their roles. Um, you know, what came up to was people who were already in these tech coaches or were in the districts, I should say, and then moving into these roles, how they manage that versus someone like myself who came from a different district that then moved into this role. So right. questions came up about, you know, how, how did we facilitate that? How long did it take for us to get comfortable into those roles? And, and I thought that was pretty interesting to listen from people, uh, from others, you know, that different from you and I, as far as how we got into our roles and to hear how, how they managed it and how they, you know, got to where they are. So that is episode number 22. We did our October tech coach. One of the questions that we got here, Nick, was about all the different hats that we wear, right? Like we're the yeah. tech coach, but some people are also full-time teachers. Some people are also the AV person. Some people are also the fix my printer person. Sure. Lots of different hats there. If you guys are in that position where you're shaking your head right now going, okay, I, I get that. Please take a moment. Go back to episode 22. You can find all the archives over at askthetechcoach.com. And another topic that we popped up last week was the concept of should we be breaking that fourth wall in front of our teachers and administrators? Now, I know this was something that was brought up a few times on that episode. And for those who didn't get a chance to check that out, what that really means is, you know, sometimes when I'm teaching, I'm, I'm, I'm in teacher mode, right? And it's not enough to be in teacher mode, but you're really trying to teach the teachers, not just the skills, but how to teach it themselves, right? Like that's, that's really our role here. It's not to really teach, but instruct the instructors. So when I say breaking that fourth wall, I mean, you know, stopping the presentation and saying, look, this is how I put a website together. This is how I put a slide deck together. Here are some of the tricks inside of the slide deck. I'll give you an example, Nick, that we, we, we covered here. In our slide deck, I like to put bugs on my slide. Do you know what a bug is, Nick? No, I don't, Jeff. So a, a bug might be something that you see like on the news, like on the bottom left or on the bottom right corner. And usually it's a logo, right? But for me, one of the bugs that I always put on is our school logo or on my teacher decks, you know, maybe a teacher cast logo. And, and it's just there. It's kind of branding. But what most people don't realize is that that bug is actually a link to a slide. 
that is a table of content slide. So that way, while I'm teaching, if somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I have a question about, or hey, could you go back and cover that topic? You know, instead of flipping back through multiple slides, trying to, you know, and wasting time finding it, I always have a little bug. I click on it, it takes me to a hidden slide with a table of contents for the whole presentation. And that way I can quickly go from, say, slide 35, back to slide two, find the table of contents, jump into slide 22, and suddenly I'm able to quickly help out people and answer questions that way. So I always think of a bug at the bottom as a, as a jump to perhaps a table of contents. And, and I, I, these are just little tips and tricks. And often I have to break that fourth wall while I'm doing my PD to show to the teachers, mm -hmm. look, if you do something like this, it's going to save time. Right, you can always find these little ways to save time. And so if you're looking for more information about that, check that out over at episode 22 over at askthetechcoach.com. And if you have questions that you'd like to ask these tech coaches, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. We've got a very active community over there. Or you can always reach out to us on um, voicemail over at teachercast.net slash voicemail or email us your questions over at feedback at teachercast.net. And we, of course, we want to say thank you guys for being here. If you haven't heard the show today uh, yet, my name is Jeff Bradbury. I'm an instructional technology coach. I work in six buildings, K through 12. Nick, what do you do during the day? Yeah, so, you know, I'm a district staff developer, so that's my official title. But same as you, tech coaching, I uh, work for a two high school district and, you know, roughly 300 staff or so. But I work with, you know, administrative assistants and students and teachers and CST and guidance and all of that. So uh, just the many hats, right? And the one thing that is certain is that we, we work with many people but we also work alone. And we find that this is a great opportunity for tech coaches to get together. We talked about our roundtables. We talked about the different things that we do outside of the podcasting network. And recently we had our second episode of our mastermind. And for those of you who are just listening to this for the first time, we have a tech coach mastermind that gets together a couple times a month. We talk about all different things that are happening to our program, but we also have our theme. And this month's theme was ed tech integration plans and how they can be used to focus a district, how to, they can be used to really create our stuff. Nick, what can you tell us about our recent meeting on creating that ed tech integration plan? I think it's something that, you know, you and I have gone into, I think at our, either at our districts or ourselves, it's something that we use to help guide where our workshops are going or district initiatives and ideas and things like that, just to help everything sort of gel and come together. What's interesting to hear is that a lot of districts are now looking at these type of plans or what we found out is some districts that have them that haven't touched them for a number of years. So really updating them and getting into, right. okay, you know, what sort of, you know, technology should we look at? How should it be implemented? How do we connect it back to the teachers? Um, you know, what sort of PD do we offer? When do we offer it? So I think the tech integration plan really culminates a lot of different pieces. I, I think what often got kind of missed was that people hear it and they think it's purchasing, right? And I think that came up right. in sort of our meeting, right? Like right. what devices do I purchase and how do we roll them out? No, this is more than that. This is after you've sort of done that. Okay. Where do we go from here? How do well, we get it into well, the classroom? It's, it's while you're and doing that. While you're doing that. Sure. Right. right. And like then the, it, 
because if it's if it's after you do that, then we're putting the the, the cart and the horse, right? Like, sure, really, sure. The, it's it's that. I weird. think it's everything. I think it could be a culmination of all the pieces. Right. I think you you know it's it's tying all the pieces together, and it's interesting because in our master my mastermind group that we have someone who does that part is a tech director is asking questions about more of the PD and integration you know side of things as well. I agree. And, and it's so interesting how I, I'm going to say it. Many school districts do it wrong, right? Like they, they build their tech integration plan, which says I'm going to go buy iPads or Chromebooks or something. And then they build the ed tech. Well, at the same time, the leadership is saying, we're going to talk about what's in the classroom before we talk about the tools. Well, right. shouldn't the ed tech integration plan be come before the tech integration plan then? And shouldn't right. one be listed more above? You know what, Nick? This is a great conversation, not just for our <laughs> mastermind, but we're actually going to be spending a lot of time on our podcast talking about this. We're going to be we're planning a bunch of shows right now on how to plan your ed tech integration plan, how to implement, how to get your community involved, and how to. And this was a question that came out of our mastermind. How do you get that top person? to lead the way. So if you have any suggestions or advice on your ed tech integration plan, we want to hear from you. You can always ask the tech coach over on Twitter, or of course you can email us over at feedback at teachercast.net. And you know, it is going to be a big topic on our next round table at the end of November. If you'd like to join us, please let us know. You can leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Now, Nick, today's topic is all about not getting discouraged when they don't get it. What is our tech tip of the week? So, you know, I think just relating to the idea, the idea is when things don't go uh, well to sort of have just that, that plan in your backbone. And one of the things I, I like to do is consider breaking everyone out into smaller subgroups, doing some type of station rotation type model, a modified, if you will. Um, but what that really does is it allows you then to target and differentiate your workshop to the specific needs of your teacher. So don't, my tip really is just don't, be afraid and feel awkward saying, okay, we're going to step a little bit aside from the specific game plan that I had in order to really culminate what specific needs that each, each teacher has in this group. So, so let's dive in here. Okay. We're going to talk about just, you know, teachers getting discouraged, teachers not getting it from many, many spots. And at the end of the show today, we're going to give you our tips and tricks for things you can do when things don't go well during your PD, and I bet everybody out there is shaking their head going, yeah, I've been there. I've been there where you're the, you're the PD person and someone goes, I, I don't get it. Someone might go, wow, this is way over my head. Someone decides they don't want to bother with you. They're going to go play on their phone or they're going to grade. Or my favorite, why are we doing this, Nick? Why, why do we even have to be here? I'm, I, I don't get it, right? So, so those are the topics today. And, and look, if you're a tech coach out there, You've been there. If you haven't been there yet, give it another week, right? Like you're going to get these things here. Um, my question for you, Nick, is should we get discouraged, right? When teachers are, are having that hard time, yes or no? Should tech coaches get discouraged when teachers get discouraged? No, and I think it goes back to just like students. You know, I mean, I think if we got discouraged every time a student didn't get it in our classrooms, could you imagine what, what you, where we would get? I mean, we, we wouldn't get anywhere because we would keep harping on the same situation. I think it's don't get discouraged. Um, but I think there are things we can do, which is what we're going to talk about here, how to read the room, you know, how, what happens during an awkward moment and how to manage that. There are things, though, we can do in the planning phases, I think, that can also 
help. You know, I'm just brainstorming and I'm just thinking about this now that, you know, one of the things I never thought about is me making sure that when I'm offering workshops, they're connected to initiatives or they're connected to district and building goals. And by constantly doing that, I've just found that that sort of helps remove that question that you just asked, Jeff, which is, so why are we doing this? Well, guess what? If the teacher registered and they signed up for it, it wasn't a mandatory thing. They got to choose it, which is one piece of PD that I think a lot of districts have to, who haven't moved in this direction, really have to do what you know you and I are offering in our districts. But the second piece is, well, look, this is connecting directly to a specific need from your building principal or building or district or whatever it is. So now, you know, there's something that you can hang your hat on that that's making a connection back to, to a bigger idea. I, I totally agree, right? Uh, connecting things together is so important when doing this. And obviously it's okay to do PD that's kind of out of left field. You know, mm -hmm. one of my PDs is called Stop, Drop, and Get Organized. That's a drive organization, Gmail organization. Um, you can find out more about that over at teachercastuniversity.com. Um, and it's not a bad thing to do that. No, I mean, it's fun, right? Yeah, I mean, th those are the ones that sometimes drive people to yep. you. So you can then sell the other thing. Now you had mentioned the concept of reading the room. Now yep. I, I, I've kind of been doing a lot of this over the last couple of years, especially as an orchestral conductor, you know, as the musicians are coming in, maybe I'm a guest in the orchestra. Maybe it's the orchestra that I'm the music director of. Maybe it's when I was a, a high school orchestra teacher. I, you know, you get to know the kids and stuff like that. As people are coming in, it's the simple art of talking to them. How are you doing? What's going on? How are your kids? What are you working on today? What's new? Why are you here? It's sometimes it's easier to say, hey, Nick, why are you here today? Rather than waiting until everybody gets there, doing your whole presentation and going, all right, Nick, what do, you, what, what do you want to learn? Because then Nick's in a position where he has to share with everybody his weaknesses. Absolutely. But and if I can goes... walk up, yeah, go ahead. No, it kind of comes back to one of the things we talked about in, you know, I don't remember how many podcasts ago, but, but when we talked about sort of giving that survey at the beginning of yeah. a workshop, right? Like, let me gauge the room real quick, or as people come in, you have that do now question. Like, that's the purpose of the do now in the classroom, too, is to really gauge the setting, the students, as they come in to see if they know anything about the topic that you're going to cover in that lesson. We're doing the same thing with the teachers. Now, we always have those awkward moments that pop up, right? And the awkward moment could be, uh, you know, you ask a teacher a question and you really do get that deer in the headlights look. Or perhaps you say, hey, Nick, how would you use this technology? And Nick goes, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't use this technology. Or my favorite one is they give you a scenario and they try to pinpoint, well, the lesson you're teaching me doesn't equal this specific thing I want to do. And you're like, you're right. Maybe it doesn't fit that specific thing, but here's the nine other things, right? right. So what, what do you do during those awkward moments? So, and let's, let's focus right now, Nick. We're going to talk about large group, not one-to-one. Okay. -one. We'll do one-to-one -one in a second here, but what happens during those awkward moments? You know, I, and, and I think it happens often. I, I've definitely been in those situations where you have a big group and then someone, you know, maybe tries to contradict or play devil's advocate with an idea that always makes it a little awkward because the rest of the room starts to feel like, you know, it, a, a little bit of a debate is going on. I remember having that just recently at a more of a gamification workshop and it was like, well, you know, why this isn't going to do anything. Are you really expecting me to like play games and do these things in the room? And don't you think at the high school level that this is something that's a little over their heads. And then, you know, I try to come back with just the ideas that, you know, regardless of the grade level, students enjoy something fun. They enjoy 
sometimes that thing that just sounds childish and cliche is, is a fun thing. And sometimes high school kids have to enjoy that as well. Like, so I, I don't know, you sort of have to try to find a way to make light of it. I also found bringing in people from the bigger group. Like if you can kind of get them in on the discussion and you turn it more into like a round table discussion or you ask them for ideas or whatever, you kind of use them to quell that awkward moment. I found that to just be a useful tactic. I, I agree. And I, you know, we, we always have situations where somebody is trying really hard, but you know, again, going back to reading that room, you need to figure out what's the one thing that's stopping it. You know, we always look at it as a pair of, you know, a set of steps, right? The water's coming up the steps. What's going to get that water over that next step to then fill the next bucket, right? So what's the one or two things that can help you out that you can quickly pick up and move on? And sometimes that's saying to the next person, hey, what are you using it for? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, are there other math teachers in the room? What suggestions do you have there? Um, it, it's not it, it, It's not easy to do that but really you know these things kind of go together right reading the room and knowing what to, what to happen then sure and i find you have less awkward moments if you read the room well if you're going going around and you know again nick this is this is the conductor thing you, you shake the hand of everybody in the orchestra before it starts now can you shake everybody's hand no um do you certainly want to shake the hand of the principal players Absolutely. Do you want to talk to those principal players before the rehearsal starts and say, hey, look, I'm going through this section. You have a solo. Um, just letting you know, like, what are you feeling about this? I wanted to kind of get your idea before we go through. And, you know, so obviously the PD session is you, you find a few people and you go, hey, look, we're going to be doing this Google Slides thing. Um, how are you using it in class? Do you have any questions before we get started? Because this is where I'm focused on. How are you doing? Right. And then you start to either, you know, you might get some smiles, you get some reactions, you might go, oh, I've never used Google Slides, to which then you might say, well, is that, is that common? Do many people not use Google Slides? And then you can tailor your presentation before you start your presentation. Nick, I'm sure the answer is yes to this, but have you ever started a presentation, gone about a half an hour in and realized, oh, I'm way over their ability level? Absolutely. And that happens all the time, you know, and I think you just have to be able to, you know, modify on the go. I mean, that that's just that's a skill. It's something you have to be able to do or, you know, as you read the room decide and make a decision, you know, or, or survey. I always found that as just a useful thing. You know, something comes up and I'm looking and I'm, you know, we're working on, let's just say personalization. That's one of our big district goals. And we've been doing a lot with that and custom playlists and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm working through this workshop and we're going in and I'm starting to talk about self-paced mastery and all these things. And actually, you know, I lost them. Right. Yeah. And then I, you know, what I always try to do is I go back to a quick survey, a quick raise of hands. I throw a quick poll everywhere, whatever it is. And I decide, you know what, let's make a decision right now. Do you guys want to continue moving forward? How many of you feel comfortable to do that? How many of you really want to stop right here? Let's go back and recap or let's slow down and let's talk about mastery learning. Let's learn about the background of that, that pedagogy and that teaching style. I, I always find that to be a useful tactic as well. It's just, you know, read the room, but don't feel don't be afraid to kind of survey everyone on the go and, and see what the, where they are and, and what they want to do. And, and that I find comes with the little things, you know, maybe I, I've been in rooms where teachers get the big point, mm -hmm. right? But then you say something like, all right, we're going to insert a video over here and we're going to keep moving. And you turn around and their eyes are like, <laughs> you can insert a video on a Google slide. And you're like, yep. okay, was it just yep. that person? Is it the room? Do they get the concept? But, maybe I need to go back and say, okay, click the insert, click the video, sure. click the my drive, click the slide. 
you know, but that goes back to your, your fourth wall question, right? Which is, right. Like, you know, when these situations come up, do we, or don't we go with them? You know, like, do I actually now start to go ahead and I start to talk about mastery learning? Do I actually go into, Hey, we're, you know, we're dropping stuff into a Google slide presentation, a video, but did you know that you can crop it inside of a Google video or get the video to play at a specific time? Yeah. Like, you know, like, Oh, do I do that now? <laughs> I, I, I've had situations where you get a little bit too nerdy with things. Right, and you realize, right. Oh, I'm off my presentation, but I've went down a road where you literally can look around and everybody is right on your every word because that's the stuff that they want to hear. Right. Exactly. And you're sitting there and going, okay, well, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm giving them exactly what they need. What they need. Yep. And but what they are, want. Clearly. But at the end of the day, am I doing the presentation the principal wants me to give? Right. And those are, those are very hard things, right? So we, the problem that we have here when it comes to tech coaching is we don't have one audience, right? Sometimes we're working in, in a faculty meeting where they could be in an auditorium hundreds of feet away from you, not engaged at all. Sometimes you're in small group department meetings where you might only have 30 to 45 minutes to get an entire um, campaign of things done. And sometimes you're working one-to-one -one or one-to-two here. So let's talk a little bit about some of the difficulties of working those large groups when somebody doesn't get it. It's you know, I, I don't want to say it's, it's, you know, you versus the mob, but at the same time, if one teacher doesn't get it, you could lose the entire room. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that to me is a, is a planning phase thing. You know, if I know I'm going in and there's, you know, I can keep track to see how many people register for my workshops or something. So I go in and I go, okay, you know, I'm, I have 22 registered. This is a pretty good sized group. Here's what we're talking about. You know, I always found the planning phases, you know, I'm, yes, I'm going to have a, maybe a slide presentation with links and stuff, but maybe I'm going to create, you know, a module to go with everything in, you know, our LMS or create some type of digital playlist. And I find those tools really helpful because they're going to help you in that big group setting to then work with that teacher who's struggling one-to-one -one or allow that teacher to kind of go back and work on something while you're moving ahead with the faster group. So again, it, it's a, it's a skill. It's a design thing when you're working on your workshops, but, but plan for, all of the ideas, not just, you know, the one set group who, who you think is moving ahead fast. I, I always find with the large groups and, I, and you're, you're kind of pointing on this, have a backup plan mm -hmm. and have a backup plan. I'll, I'll give you an okay. example. I was recently doing large group, you know, the, the full middle school, we're doing a training on a specific application and we realized in the middle, it's not going to work exactly the way it is. Right. And so I quickly had to move to a different slide deck that had screenshots of everything. So right. I needed to have a backup plan that said, look, okay, in case this isn't working, I clearly don't want to come off in front of these 50 teachers as, oops, I don't know. Right. So my backup plan was a full slide deck with screenshots and images. And, you know, it took a, it took a second or two just for flip over. But that was there. That was what I had. And as I was starting presentation one, I had another tab opened with presentation two, just in case. And the, the, the motto for all of that stuff is, guys, look, when things don't go wrong in front of your own students, what's your backup plan? How are you going to get through things? You know, we, we never want to be the, the, the teacher that puts the, you know, tries to get on the internet and suddenly a, a, a website is blocked or tries to watch right. a video and suddenly the permissions are broken because it worked at home doesn't right. work here. So I always try to have a backup for my backup plan, especially in large groups, because you never know. And definitely in large groups, you're pretty much guaranteed the principal or two or three are going to be there watching you. 
Yeah. And that was, you know, I was, I was just thinking about this and sort of the put you on the, you know, on the spot, Jeff, but thinking the idea is, okay, well, what do you do when you go to use that tech tool? And I always find this happens every once in a while or whatever it is, but we'll say a tech tool. And then you go and you go to use it and you could have sworn it did something you knew that you've used it before to do. And then when you go to do it in front of the group, it's not working out the way that you had my, planned, my, right? my answer is everything that I do, we, like, we, we like s'mores. So everything okay. that I do on, on these tech trainings, I always back it up with a how-to s'more or several s'mores, right? So for instance, I'm doing a training on the specific app. I've actually got 12 or 13 s'mores that are broken down. These aren't long things, but how do I log in? How do I import my class? How do I start a session? How do I do this? How do I do that? And you know, there may be a foot or two, not... 12 or 13 feet long, but at least I can then say to them, look, this wasn't working, but this is how it works. I'm going to open this more. I'm going to walk you down. And you know what? If this happens to you, you have these resources available. And I find that that's, that's the sugar that gets them going, oh, wait. So if it's not working, I'm not alone. Jeff has me covered. I can figure out these things. And usually it's in much greater detail rather than me sitting there and chirping at them, you know, one person on 50 mm -hmm. in an awkward, you know, auditorium, sure. cafeteria, large conference room, something like that. So I, and it just goes back to always have that backup plan and screenshots sometimes are better than live demonstrations because they can pull it up on their Chromebooks or iPads or augmented reality sets and make sure everything is good. And that's a good tip, I, you know, because I just think about how many times that comes up that, you know, I, I just remember doing one recently and I'm working with teachers and we were embedding stuff into our LMS and the process works for everything. And one tool that one teacher went to go use, it didn't work the same exact way that I had planned for it to work. And I know it's done it in the past, but something changed with either the app itself or the LMS and it just wasn't embedding the right way. And it's a matter of like, look, I know it will work 90% of the time. We just have to find the right, you know, the, the workaround for this one tool or this one idea for it to get it to work. And, and again, I think it comes back to having that backup, like you said, have the screenshot show that you, you know, you're still showing, you know what you're talking about. You had everything mapped out. Um, but then modifying on the go, right? I mean, it comes up to just that idea too. Like, Hey, you know what? We're going to take a moment here. I'll work with that teacher one-to-one -one while the rest do something else. But you, and, and that's important to know the difference between large group and small group is that in a large group and I'm talking faculty meeting, like staff, mm -hmm. right now, yeah, right. you, you can't move from your position. Absolutely. Right. Right. Maybe yep. like for instance, you know, I've got a presentation coming up. I emailed all the APs and said, can you guys go be my eyes and ears and everything? Now, if it's a smaller group, whether it be a, a, a PD session you're running by yourself or even a department meeting, which may or may not have principals in it, you at least have the opportunity to go and walk around the group. I would right. never walk around a group and it's you versus 150. Right. No. That's just, that's, you're alienating everybody. But if you have 15 or 20 people, you can say, all right, we're going to spend the next 45 seconds logging in. I'm going to walk around. Mm -hmm. And obviously you don't want to monopolize one person's time, but at least then you can find those one or two individuals and give them 10 or 15 seconds while everybody else is pushing the buttons. Absolutely. That's different though in one-to-one -one learning because literally you are at that person's disposal. That is a private lesson. If they don't get something, you, fo you know, you're obviously with a one-to-one, -one, Nick, you're mm -hmm. not going to move ahead without right. the person next to you. Right. And, and you got to be able to, to manage with that person. You got to, you know, you got to make that relationship and that connection. That's even in bigger detail now because you're sitting down with that person uh, and you got to, you got to be free, you know, 
you have to be able to read that person and acknowledge whether, you know, maybe we need another workshop or another time. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a quick example. I've been doing a lot of work with digital playlists as far as RSTs for sciences. So I have a lot of science teachers coming up to me. How do we use, um, how do we use Google? RSTs are like kind of real world uh, questions that they have to solve, sort of like genius hour style, but then they have to work through the problem, be able to explain and come up with, make connections to things. So we're using digital playlists as the guiding tool, um, be it a Google Doc or in my case, we're using Google Sites to, cl- to create those, those playlists. Um, long story short, I'm sitting down with the teacher. We're going over how to do it. We're embedding stuff into it. We didn't get through creating the entire RST or the uh, entire playlist. So I said, all right, let's meet next time. Next time we're going to go over more embedding the tools and we'll talk about some of the various tools. We met again yesterday, actually. Um, and then, you know, we're going to meet again next, next Monday. So it's a matter of just, you know, again, making that connection and figure out one-to-one style. How do I get them from point A to point B, especially depending on the topic that they're looking at. And she was looking at a pretty big one. So. Right. And, and I think I take another big example here is small group versus one-to-one in small group or any group. It's, this is how this lesson can affect a classroom. Whereas one-to-one learning, it's, this is how a lesson can affect your classroom. Your classroom. Yeah. All right. And you're not taking a poll. You're asking somebody a personal question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do here. We, of course, want to know where you guys are. What happens when you guys get discouraged or what happens when other teachers are getting discouraged? Of course, you can find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail or email us your stories over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. Now, Nick, we've talked a lot about getting discouraged, a lot about your teachers getting discouraged from many, many levels here, but we, would, we have four things that you can do when things don't seem to go well. Four things that you guys can keep in mind and, you know, maybe just kind of put on your lesson plans. I know with my scores, I'm going to go back to the music thing here for a second, but, you know, with my scores, I always on that front cover, put a few things to jog my memory. That way, when I put my hands up to start the piece, those are the last things that go in mind. So let's see if we can knock out these four here real quick. What's the first thing that you need to remind yourself of when things don't go well? Just not to get discouraged yourself. You're right. Like keep that momentum, keep kind of a a, a lighthearted attitude and just know that things are going to get better or you're going to help the teacher out in the long run. That's it. Don't get discouraged. And that's so important, right? And you just have to keep saying yourself, it's not, it's not personal. Right. right? Like they're, they're, and maybe, but maybe it is like, maybe they don't understand something because the way that you explained it, but don't take it personal. Try to figure out how to help the situation. Now, the second thing, Nick, is to number one, validate their concerns. Don't say things like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if do this. It doesn't matter if that do this, right? Validate their concerns. Don't discredit them they obviously are getting frustrated because they want to learn. If they didn't want to learn, they just shut you down and you wouldn't know they're discouraged. But if you give them the opportunity to express and, and, and share their thoughts about things, great. You got to not let them do it for 45 minutes and take <laughs> up all the time. So you got to know when to work with them on the spot and when to say, hey, like, let's, let's, that's a specific example. I'm free tomorrow. When are you available, right? So don't get discouraged, validate their concerns. Don't discredit them. Nick, what's the third one? Asking them for advice and suggestions. I mean, and that's something I love, I love doing and, and just gauge the room. What could I have done better? What do you want to go over? Should we stop here? Just 
inviting them in. And I always found that when you invite them into the planning and to the, the style of the workshop, they start to take more ownership of it and they start to make connections to it even more. And that's important because a lot of times as a tech coach, you're walking into a building you don't live in. So maybe a math teacher says, how would I do this? Well, if there's other math teachers, great. Or if there's no other math teachers, I might go to a different teacher and say, well, what is, what is your administrator asking of you? And that's different than me attacking the person asking the question. I'm opening it up to the group. And that's also, to be honest, Nick, that's buying me time to, th to come up with an answer. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because I don't, I don't know every building's needs. Like building one might be different than building two. Now, Nick, of course, you work in two high schools. Even though you might be doing digital playlists in each, the principals might have totally different concepts. Absolutely. And, and that's where you have to kind of gauge, you know, what is your principal looking for or what is your department supervisor looking for? And, you know, and then start to gauge things that way. One of the things I will say is, is a quick little tip is when you ask for advice and suggestions, take note of that. Yes. One of the things I love to do is on my tip sheets or crib sheets that I call them at the bottom, I love, love to put together a quick, so what if, and it's quick ideas of like, okay, what if you use this tool or did this thing? And in history, you did this. And in, in science, you did this. So I, when I'm asking for advice and suggestions and I'm overhearing, maybe like math talk about something they would do with the tool or this idea i quickly note that and i put that down on my uh, tip sheet for next time that's important and and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a side note here. i'm gonna break the fourth wall of this podcast <laughs> what do you do when you have the situation where you again with, with you you've got multiple buildings somebody raises their hand and says my principal wants this from me and then somebody looks and goes wait a minute my principal wants something a lot more than that and they're all in the same district. And then they start to realize, oh, we have different needs. We have different requirements. And then that becomes the conversation. How do you diffuse yeah. that one, Nick? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> you, you know, I think, I think understanding that, you know, it, it's a culture thing. Even though you're in the same district, you know, buildings are different. And that's one thing is that the culture of the building is different. The specific needs of the students, you know, the type of student that, that attends those classes. So finding those nuances that then that maybe you can connect the two pieces together. Well, even though maybe your supervisor or administrator is looking for this extra piece, let's talk about maybe why they're looking for that piece. And like you said, if you can validate that, but not discredit even what the administrator is looking for, maybe it starts to make sense now to the other side as well. So I think that's just, um, I don't know. That's what is that? How to win friends 101, right? I mean, that's like reading the text and yeah, just being able to. Sometimes it's how to, how, how do you survive? Because you're <laughs> right, right. Is, wait a minute, you're asked for what in your lesson plans? Oh, right. I only have to do a lesson plan once a month. Right. And you got to be careful with that because, you know, us in our role, we're, we're like these liaisons between the admin and, and, and the teachers themselves. So you really got to be careful with how you respond to that and how you're going to come off to the teachers because you don't know what they're going to go back to also even say to an admin, right? So we don't want them to be like, oh, well, Nick said this and he said that I shouldn't even be doing that. No, like, you know, I got to be careful about how I respond to those, those situations. All right. All right. All right. Let, let, let's get off the topic here. Okay. So number one, don't get discouraged. Number two, validate your, their, their concerns. Number three, ask audience advice and suggestions. And, and the last one here, we kind of touched on it a little bit already, but provide that follow-up support after the session, find those two or three teachers and say, look, you know, do you, do you need any help? 
is there something I can give you? Can I find a video for you? Would you like to meet tomorrow? Um, did, was there something I said that I, that you might want me to explain quickly? Can I, you know, can I, can I, whatever, right? But the idea here is you're locating those moments in the group to then create those one-to-one -one moments. Cause you're not going to get everybody from a PD session to want to work with you afterwards. If you can get a percentage of them, I think you're on the right track. So Nick, four things that you can do when things don't go well. I think it's safe to say all of us have had moments. I'm sure people out there listening are shaking their heads at the camera or at, at, the, uh, at their iPods right now going, hey, we've all been there. And that's why we want to learn from you guys. You can always find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. And, you know, please share your stories with us. We are all here together. That's why we've created our Tech Coach Mastermind, which meets every, uh, every week or so. And that's why we are here to help out each other. Nick, any closing and final thoughts on this topic before we move on? No, I think, you know, again, just, just keep it lighthearted. Just know that the work that you're doing is it's making a difference. And don't get discouraged when everyone, you know, doesn't get it every single time. Now, next week, we have some great shows coming up here all throughout the week of November. It's going to be a busy week of November. I know for us, we've got the NJEA convention coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be bringing the TeacherCast booth down there. We're doing, uh, let's see, Thursday, we do every hour on the hour. I'm doing Google Slides presentation sites, how to do WordPress, podcasting. If you're listening to this in the state of New Jersey, check out the uh, NJA convention down there in uh, Atlantic city. There's a lot of stuff going on. And then Nick, I'm going to be crazy because that same weekend I'm actually getting on an airplane and flying to Seattle and I'm going to be participating at the ISTE conference. Yes. ISTE is having a creativity conference in Seattle in November. It's the weekend after uh, election day uh, where I'm going to be going out there and teaching podcasting and working with great teachers and, and sharing all that ISTE has to offer. So look for, uh, look for some great content coming out of teachercast.net for that. But shows coming up on November 5th, we've got a great topic. What are we talking about we on November 5th? Yeah, this is a good one. I mean, and this was provided by a lot, you know, just speaking to a lot of people in our mastermind and yeah. round tables was how to provide direction when there is no direction. Yes. Right. And I just think that that's a great topic. And, and that question comes up all the time. But what do we mean by that? No direction when the, how, what is that? What are we going to be yeah, talking about? Like how, how can you maybe start an initiative? How can you help guide admin? What do you do when maybe your admin's not sure where to go? from where you are currently in your state of things. You know? And that's so, important, right? You're the yep. PD per, you know, quote PD person. They right. look at you and say, what are you, what are we going to do? Right. And, and quite often you have to train the top of how to do this. They can't right. just drop you off in the middle of a faculty meeting and say, go, you got to train them that says, okay, please stand next to me and say this. Mm -hmm. If you can take 30 seconds and say this, this paragraph, you have just empowered me to do everything I need to do. But if you don't, I'm yapping in front of a projector and that doesn't work. So how do you provide direction when there is no direction? And that's going to tie a little bit into the tech integration plan as well. But also that on November 12th, please make sure that you check that out. These are all Mondays, by the way. What makes a good faculty or department meeting PD? 
right? Today, we talked about what happens when it goes wrong. On November 12th, we're going to be talking about what makes good topics, what makes a good session, how do you get things uh, set up right, lots of different things going on there as far as faculty or department meeting PD. Lots of great stuff happening in November. And of course, at the end of November, we've got our monthly roundtable, and we want you to be a part of this. Check us out over on feedback at teachercast.net. Send us an email. We would love to have you on the show and be featuring the great work that you're doing in your school districts. Our freebie today is over, going to be over at sthetechcoach.com, episode number 23. Check it out. We've got some great things for you. Nick, any final thoughts on anything that's going on in the world of tech coaching, PD, sessions? Um, what, what do you think? No, I just think, you know, if, if you get an opportunity, I think now is the time when a lot of us are, and we've kind of harped on it before, putting in proposals for different, you know, workshops and whatnot. Um, but just, you know, I think we've had this, and this is something I wanted to touch on, was just tech coaches looking for tech coach PD, right? And I think that was just something that if you're looking for that, listen in to us, feel free to bounce ideas with other tech coaches around you. Um, and I know we've been putting in for a lot of different things. You just said NJA, and then you have the SD out in Seattle, and we're going to be at the NJEC in, in January, and, and possibly Texpo. So um, yeah, FETC, there's a lot of different places we're going to be. So, you know, meet up with us and bounce some ideas off. Absolutely. And we want to know what you guys are doing. Please reach out to us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail and email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. This is Ask the Tech Coach episode number 23. Thank you guys so much for making TeacherCast the home for your professional development. We are here every single Monday helping tech coaches with their professional development needs. And on behalf of Nick and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students.